and it feels like yeah, it's like a Scooby Doo like you. cartoon. It's like this is not real. Yeah, and because he's like, <laughs> like it's like if somebody's like, I'm robbing your house, and then they're literally robbing <laughs> yeah. you, and, and it's like, well, I'm saying it to you, so you can't be mad. And it's it's like, in R and B, no, and I have a beautiful be voice. Yeah. Like yeah. fuck out of here. Ugh. <laughs> Welcome to the Bituation Room, episode 15. My name is Francesca Fiorentini. I'm your host. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for touching the play button with your little E.T. to Elliot finger. Thank you for reviewing this podcast on iTunes. Keep them coming. Some guy uh, was so nice. I assume it's a guy, but uh, you never know. Some guy called me Linda. My name's not Linda, but you know, I take the compliment because it was a really, really (laughs) nice review. Uh, Thank you. Um, we have such a good episode for you today in the Bituation Room with me is comedian Dwayne Perkins, who is currently living in L.A., but uh, originally from Chicago. He wrote for The Break with Michelle Wolf and also wrote on her very, very infamous, her controversial White House Correspondents Dinner speech. Welcome, Dwayne. How are you? I am great. Thank you. And it was controversial. We broke it. Yay. <laughs> uh, but you I'm totally doing great. Broke it. <laughs> yeah, it feels great to be a part of that history. Oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing great, thriving. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Also in the Bituation Room is a dear friend of mine, Paula Newdorf, who is a journalist and managing editor of YR Media, formerly Youth Radio. Paula, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah. Glad to be here. We start off every bituation room the same way, which is what are you bitching about now? Uh, and I know we're like trying to turn a new leaf for the new year and we're supposed to be positive, but like, fuck that. Um, and <laughs> no, you know, we can bitch positively, but I want to I want to know what what are you guys bitching about? Dwayne, what are you bitching about? I mean, this is something that's like pretty personal, uh, but I think people can relate to it. Uh, I'm bitching about like not being rich. like i like i like i'm at a point in my life where i'm mentally emotionally and physically tired of not having the convenience that i think i deserve Mm. uh and like working hard is so hard and my life has already been hard i was born black and gay and i need a break and i just really feel like if i came into a lot of money there would just be a a burden lifted off of me that is so very real do you have like a number do you know the amount of money you want to make or you're just like just in not like is or is there a thing that you want like I just want to stop taking Uber pool like I <laughs> like I just want that feeling inside of me that sees a cheaper price that's more inconvenient to just be like oh you don't have to do that right and I want that to be a reality for me um I, I love that uh Duane I also you were in the situation room and you brought a friend who I have not introduced so rudely but asia lachey bullock is your uh writing partner yes and best friend and best friend asia you want to say hi hey guys (laughs) hi (laughs) um i hear you i always felt like once i had like a purple velvet couch like that that's all i wanted Mm -hmm. out of life you know and then i got a green velvet couch and i was like I still want more. No, but it was it literally like I have a green velvet couch and it is so nice and it was pretty expensive, but not like an exorbitant amount of money. But I feel I look at it. This is the bougiest thing I'll say, but I'm like, that's all I need. Like, you have you seen the the jerk with Steve Martin where he's like he's taking all his his possessions away and he's like and he's I don't need any of this. He's like a, he's made him. He's like a billionaire. And he's like, I don't need any of this except I need this. I need I need this, you know, gold stapler. Oh, I need this. And he starts like dragging his possessions out of his home. That's going to be me with the couch. Got it. I mean, I it's a symbol of your growth. And your success. I get it. (laughs) We are on the same page. And I'm going to light it on fire when the revolution happens. I swear to God. I promise. Mm -hmm. Paula, what are you bitching about? Well, after all this really real talk, I feel bad (laughs) saying that I'm just bitching about Trump. Wow. uh, So basic. I know. It's really basic. It's so 2018. Uh But uh, yeah, I don't know. Two days ago. Leave Trump behind. Leave Trump (laughs) in 2018, girl. Or wherever. 2016 or even (laughs) earlier. Um. I feel like that's no, what I, I hear in a no yoga studio. About it. I'm a journalist. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, so no, what's, what specifically? Yeah, he tweeted like a couple days. So in the midst of everything that's going on, 
he randomly decided to take a pot shot at the victims of the campfire, which is the biggest fire in California's history mm-hmm. um, happened last year. And people are still struggling to like piece their lives back, piece together. their lives back together. Kids don't have schools. A lot of people died. It was horrible. And two days ago, he tweeted that like uh, something along the lines of like FEMA shouldn't help anyone because California's fire is due to poor forest management. <laughs> my God. So yeah, so that's my really light uh, bitching topic. Uh, so because FEMA is going to basically help the victims. Yeah, and is helping, but I, like Trump But Trump wants to stop that shit. Well, he previously complained that it's poor forest management that led to all of our problems here in California, which is not true, and firefighters came out and sort of said, no, that's not really true. And in this case, PG&E is having to defend itself because something went wrong and they like that's there's the like electric a radio, company pacific gas and electric yeah so people are thinking like pg&e stocks have tanked and the governor here is addressing what's going on with pg&e yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, trump's like it's poor forest management right you, you had to just sweep it up right didn't he say something like that you need to sweep all this shit up it's like the dude's never been to like the forest before i think he he's <laughs> clearly that was you know he said that on like in front of everybody um but if there was a way to make take the debris and start building the the wall mm-hmm. on the border with the debris like he'd be yeah. for that or i think just, he wants more logging i don't yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what forest management do we still have trees i didn't even know this was a thing <laughs> like, like oh redwoods who cares about those uh-huh. i don't know mm-hmm. I don't know. I I should do more research about what Trump wants. He's like, I once had a sauna made of redwood. That's all he knows. <laughs> it's all he fucking knows. It's a it's a good thing to bitch about. Um, yeah. He ultimately he just he wants to take pot shots at California. He fucking hates California because California went blue and didn't vote for him uh, in large. And yet they called the election before I think our votes were even tallied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Democracy. The streets fuck. of San Francisco wept uh, when he got elected. Yeah. I was here. <laughs> Um, Duane, are you, did you see, you were, you just moved to LA when like the, uh, the, the Malibu Malibu fire. fire. Yeah. Uh, I was in New York the week that it happened. Uh So like I wasn't there. And by the time I came back, it was like the end of it, but I kept getting texts from my family and be like, Oh, be safe. And I was like, I'm nowhere. Yeah, near there, but thank you like, for the. You think sentiment. I live in Malibu? I was like, girl, I'm taking what? Uber pool, uh, family. And every <laughs> time I, a piece of me dies, uh, you didn't get like uh, you know fifty thousand for that one joke you wrote at the White House press correspondence. No, I, I got the credit of having a joke in it. Like it was just like it was a being physically being in that room was one of the worst things i've ever personally experienced oh my God. What uh, was it? why it was it felt like the hunger games uh, it was just like <laughs> a lot of like affluent rich people mm. most of them was white and mm-hmm. it was just you can tell that like on tv it was all these people that like argue and yell at each other but in that room they were like best friends taking photos and i was like oh the the people in this room, the the decisions that they make do not affect these people. Right. So it really just it felt, felt even really grosser. R- removed. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm not supposed to be here. It felt almost culty. Like, I really did not like it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, oh, the rest of when we sort of pretend to be angry at each other, these media figures pretend to sort of criticize one another. It all you're all part of the same kind of class and crust of like yeah. very detached elitists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that makes total sense. Yeah, and then they set like all the the poor writers in a corner and we were just like, this is strange. We don't you're we like don't, we don't belong. I got, I got the chicken. <laughs> like, uh. Anywho, uh I'm gonna tell you what I'm bitching about. It's very, very quick and silly. I finally finished uh, two weeks ago The Sopranos, which uh is celebrating its 20 year anniversary like from the first time it aired and um it is an awesome show and it was so great i fucking loved every single season did you and like I, the ending that's like anyways, I, in, I wanna as know. soon as it ended i was like did they run out of money that was like, the controversial what just, what just happened so i won't we won't say anything but it's funny because as I was watching it, I mean, it's 20 years later, we can spoil it. I mean, you can definitely, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, well, it. it's, it's an open ending, essentially. But oh. like, the whole th- thing was like, does Tony die? Does Tony not die? And what was weird is that in the moment, I remember everyone talking about it, but I never put it together that like, 
oh, it was never resolved. Like I in my head, I was like, it was, oh, it was totally resolved. I've just somehow been insulated from the truth. <laughs> like, no, you haven't. <laughs> just haven't been paying attention. Yeah, it doesn't resolve. It doesn't resolve, but it's so good. And so what I'm bitching about is that there are so many dramas post Sopranos and I don't know which one to watch. I don't like dramas generally. I don't really like, I don't like sci-fi. I don't like uh, dramas with too many white people. Like I don't oh, want to watch Mad Men. Oh, never like, watched I can't, it. <laughs> right? No interest. Yeah, no interest. I so I can't like Six Feet Under. It's mostly white cast. Like it, I think it's and you know, listen, Italians are white. Sopranos are all white. I understand. <laughs> I understand this. I am half Italian. However, like there was, it was more interesting. It was just you know there was something there. <laughs> It's, you know, <laughs> to like nine Italians, years. There's like, something there. <laughs> <laughs> no, Italian not mafiosos. Who no. knew? I mean, it's not white, but there's something there. Film. Um, oh my God, I was going to say something terrible. No. <laughs> I was going to say it's like the difference between like white bread and like white bread with a little bit of butter. Totally. Yeah, is it, just is like, it better? Just, yeah, it's just like pour some olive oil on <laughs> yeah, exactly. bread and it becomes a little it's bit so better. It becomes better. Italian. <laughs> <laughs> um so my thing is that there's nothing to watch i don't know what to watch i've started a very long facebook thread none of the shows super appeal to me and i think i just need to read do you want to watch oh God, the nightmare that is our national conversation no because okay. i do oh that I need, I need i need to <laughs> read sounds like books hell. yeah books okay, i think, yeah, books. actually just need to read books mm -hmm. this you is the sad reality i think i need to put on some brahms because now that i'm old i i like <laughs> I like classical music for the first time. I feel like when I like turned, um, I, no, when I turned the age that I am, I was like some classical music was playing in the background. And it was like, you know, I felt like I was on E for old people because I was like, oh, I, this has rhythm, you know. <laughs> I'm going to move on to the sitch of the week, uh, which are the theatrics that are going on in and around the shutdown and the border and this entire national emergency that is our president, really. Uh, that's the only national emergency that exists. Um, we all know that uh, Trump has gone in front of uh, the entire nation and said that there is a huge crisis on the border that uh, is untrue um we know that immigration numbers and migrant numbers are down that immigrants commit far less crime than citizens all the fucking facts we know but the government is still closed and he's still holding the entire country hostage over it the libertarian holiday extends uh it might extend fully into february who knows um and this week is the first week that government employees are not going to get a check so like they like they haven't been getting I, I don't know I guess they've been getting paid up until now but this is their last like this is they're not going to get a check for the last few weeks that they've worked essentially so federal workers have been protesting in DC all over the country TSA agents are calling in sick on mass some are resigning sniffing dogs are just letting mountains of heroin <laughs> the sniffing dogs have given up they're on furlough they they're, they're just doing they're on heroin yeah, turn up dogs <laughs> right how was how was the airport, Dwayne? Oh, it was great. I there <laughs> there was um someone yelled at someone yelled at me because I was on my phone and then and you were like because they were like because uh, I I went through TSA pre-check and then there was like a confusing line and I didn't know which way to go mm -hmm. and I got a phone call at the same time I had to pick which line to get in and I was like this is too much <laughs> and then a woman was like there's people behind you. And then these three oh, wow. black ladies were like, come over here, baby. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they were, they looked as if they were like, why are we here? Yeah. They gave that. They called you baby. No one at TSA mm -hmm. has ever called me baby. They were just like, it's okay. Just go. And I was like, all right, y'all. Bye, auntie. <laughs> Um, I know I have a friend who's a scientist who can't get a grant, which like, you know, yeah. maybe that sounds a little esoteric, but it's actually... Like she's waiting on this to be able to do her work. Damn, yeah. I know someone, a Facebook friend works at NASA and he's like, remember the last shutdown? Here's some fun memes from all the, you know, random BS I'm doing in a video I shot of a DC worker like literally screaming on a train about the shutdown. My God. So what, it, what? NASA, were, like he's furloughed. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, what happens? Yeah. I mean, also... 
Didn't China land on the dark side of the yes. moon during the furlough? No, it happened what right before. I it think. did, but but now we can't respond. We can't. Uh, we can't <laughs> also we go to the dark side. Yeah. What? China landed. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. And it's, it's not technically the dark side. It's the other side because it does get sun. We call. I've it. read a lot about this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, China got there. China got to the other side of the moon. Oh, during during the shit now. We're not well, technically not, but I'm just gonna say for like if we were writing a movie about this, yes, oh, okay. yeah, okay. And then that is when it start. That's when everything um, went haywire. Everything oh. went haywire, and and now uh, NASA w- can't respond because everybody's furloughed. And we suddenly so. wake up and we can speak Mandarin. I love that. Yeah, that'd be kind of. <laughs> They're sending like radio waves into space to like measure things. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe that has something to do with. Uh huh. Yeah, they're be- they're right they're beating the shit out of us on the dark side of the moon. <laughs> I was like, that is definitely real. Well, okay. So I want to play a little thing that Trump said because this is the big thing is the media is trying to call Trump out for essentially lying, which he does all the time. And they're saying they know that, and we can all see that this is a play, a, a strategic play for his base. And the question is, how long is it going to continue? He's been threatening to call a national emergency um or sorry like a essentially like which i don't even know what the fuck that means apparently we're currently in like 32 different national <laughs> emergencies yeah. that are like still going on um but so he will call another one does that send like the national guard out do they even get paid you know i'm not really sure but this is what he had to say specifically because there's one piece of all this that i think is interesting which has to do with mexico's uh, promise or Trump's promise that Mexico would promise to pay for the wall. I have the absolute right to declare a national emergency. I haven't done it yet. I may do it. If this doesn't work out, probably I will do it. I would almost say definitely. But if we don't make a deal, I would say it would be uh, very surprising to me that I would not declare a national emergency and just fund it through the various mechanisms. I very calmly said, if you're not going to give us strong borders, bye-bye, and I left. I didn't, <laughs> God. I didn't rave like you reported. I like, I mean, some of the newspapers, oh, and then Schumer always has a standard lie. He had a temper tantrum. I don't have temper tantrums. I really don't. Mexico is paying for the wall indirectly. And when I said Mexico will pay for the wall in front of thousands and thousands of people, obviously they're not going to write a check, but they are paying for the wall indirectly many, many times over by the really great trade deal we just made. They're going to send it Western Union. Like, what? Okay, so this is my question for you guys. Mm -hmm. There's so much to unpack in uh, this. First of all, the real question for me in this is, Mexico was never going to write a check. Like, do you think that his supporters were under the impression that Mexico was actually going to pay for the wall? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They took it literal because why else wouldn't they? Trump doesn't do metaphors. He's fucking stupid. (laughs) I think that he, you know, not to detract from the people who believed his words, but like, I think he created that confusion. Right. right. Like he said, Mexico is going to pay over and over. He didn't say like through some complicated set of trade deficits. Sure. <laughs> Mexico will ultimately end up sort of paying for this. Right. Down the road when you do the math. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you carry the one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you think about it, we're all paying for everything. All the t- You know, like he didn't <laughs> no, explain. He, it's true. He just said Mexico is going to pay for it. So if you are listening to him, you'd think, OK, I guess that means like. Mexico is going to pay for it. You're saying you're going to ask them to give you money to make it, right? I mean, I don't know. It's At that point, it's up to you whether or not to believe him. I but feel I think- like he's going to turn around this really big IOU. You know, he's sitting at the Oval Office and just show the IOU from like... Uh, from Manuel Lopez Obrador, you know? Just like, <laughs> I he's think, ultimately... I think yeah. if anyone took that serious, that they are dumb. Sure. Like, in, like, basic, like based on the patterns of like, Take away like the president, like if he was a person based on his actions, the patterns that he has shown, if you don't think that he was serious, then like you deserve to be deceived at that point. I think it's true. Because it's like willful ignorance. Well, the thing is, Trump doesn't do metaphors, but he does hyperbole. And everything he says, you have to 
listen to how he says it and have some sort of interpretation for tone and when someone's being clearly like hyperbolic or sarcastic or whatever and i think you're right that like that's the the problem the media has too with him is that they they don't know how to read him they're like because he is a fucking hack open mic comic all the time who just says shit to get a a rise out of people it's like the media has to report on exactly what was said but then the entire sub like the subtext they like no one really knows what to do with and the subtext for anyone who's smart is essentially this is a man who'll say anything to get elected and on the news so he's going to say the mexico's gonna play for the wall because it's kind of like a it's a stump speech it's a slogan it's a whatever you know so i feel like he's kind of admitting for the first time like yeah you know it's i think that's it's the a point. thing i fucking said so my point behind previous remark is just like I think he's saying what he's saying now as a way of backtracking out of what he previously said. Right. What regard? I don't know that anyone necessarily believed. You know what I mean? It's almost like he There's has to say this there. to give himself cover. Well, that's the thing like, of like, we're going to have a total and complete shutdown of Muslims in America. You know, Mexicans are rapists. They're bringing drugs and crime. So it's like, it's funny because he's been, it all kind of feels hyperbolic. And yet he's holding the entire country hostage for a fucking wall that also just sounded like hyperbole on the campaign trail. Well, it's like he's trapped in a, <laughs> in his own. In a, a puzzle of his own making. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, yes, it's, it's, it's all hyperbole. And now we're fighting for this hyperbole. Right. And he's fighting for the last as leverage for sure. I mean, maybe I just live on like a different planet, but in my head, Tomorrow, if Trump were to be like, hey, I'm going to kill all the black people, I would not be surprised. Like, nothing inside of me would be like, oh, a shock. I'd be like, there's, there's, and it baffles me that people spend so much time deciphering what he's saying as if anything he says is of worth. Sure. And it, like, it's, and and I think that's why Late Night was so hard, like, writing it, because I was like, yo, we are really giving so much attention to this and it's the same it's just like it's cyclical it's like the same thing over yeah. and over where it's like right. nothing is actually being done and like when um uh when uh alc called him racist and everybody was like what and i was like are we really going to act surprised as if this woman saying like yeah the president's racist people like, how is that not an everyday thought that everyone thinks all the time? Sure. I mean, even fact, journalists are saying they say racially charged, you know. It's they, crazy. I'm like, just say, just say the thing. Can we just yeah. all stop pretending like like this is big? Like, just, let's just be like, yeah, this is not, like, we know what's happening. Right. Yeah, but I mean, to your point, Dwayne, I think it is like, right now we should be asking also, like, why is he trying to distract us all right now with this? Like, what is actually happening because everything he says like to, to your point like giving it so much attention it's exactly what he that is the game and it's mm-hmm. like we're all sort of like slicing and dicing these words and like who knows what's going on with paul manafort over there in the corner behind the curtain or i'm so cetera, glad you cetera, mentioned cetera. that because that's a great segue into little bonus content sitch situation for this week because <laughs> little bonus paul manafort his incompetent ass lawyers failed to redact a memo and we now know that he, Manafort is being accused of sharing polling data, Trump polling data about the American electorate to Russia, specifically to a Russian intelligence linked business associate named Konstantin Kalimnik, which is just a fucking Bond villain. Like a, <laughs> this entire thing is the <sighs> shitty Bond sequel. Um, and like the Russia connections are remind me of like the Avon Barksdale wire, like, um, you know, just the, all the connections that they were trying to make. I feel like I'm doing that in my head with Russia. Um, except I'd be much cooler if the Avon Barksdale crew were somehow in the White House. I don't know. I'd be... Asia's nodding. So I feel like I got support. <laughs> you, you two not picking up well, I what like, I'm laying down. Let me remember the wire. Let me go back. How come all your TV shows are from like... I lived abroad, okay? <laughs> like, I'm like, how old was I then? Oh, my God. You Again, I hate television. Everything's 20 years later for me. Okay, the other thing is that Russian lawyer lady uh, who met with in uh, the Trump, Tower, the Trump meeting. Tower meeting with Jared and Trump, Don Trump Jr., she was charged with obstructing justice uh, involving the Magnitsky Act, which is all about trying to lift, uh, which is all about sanctions on Russian business officials and um, government officials. And she apparently was trying to lift sanctions. So maybe that meeting was not about adoption. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe little Sasha will never find a home. Uh, <laughs> um, that's a good joke. I realize. <laughs> All right. Um, but Paula, you sort of have some experience in this, in this area because you did some investigative work around one portion of the Russian meddling campaign, uh, specifically around hacking and mm-hmm. Russian trolls or like linked trolls who or not or hackers, excuse me, um, for your work on the show Cyber War on Viceland, um, which came out a couple years ago, not a year ago, right? Yeah, it was I think it aired I oh mean twenty seventeen. Where can we watch it? Um, it's on Hulu. Ooh. It's called Cyber War, one word. Everyone wants to call it Cyber Wars. No, there's only <laughs> there's one. Only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like Viceland.com. I'm sure you can find it there too. But yeah, you mean so So what are some of what's the craziest shit that you learned in that investigation, specifically related to the DNC hack? Um, well, so we did a couple episodes about where we like I, I went to Russia, um, and we talked to hackers there and like we were kind of doing this we did this in 2016 before the dnc breach had been you know became publicly known so you guys knew about it no we were there when the story broke though which was sort of crazy and then we went back to russia after the story broke um and look i think the craziest thing we learned, I mean, the first, so when we first went, we were like already talking to like hackers for hire. And so basically these hackers in Russia would talk about how like intelligence agencies there just um, hire criminals and they basically leverage the fact that they're criminals to get them to do stuff for the government. Okay. So they'll say like, we have you doing all this crazy stuff, you know, extorting people. Using hacking data. methods as yeah, well. You're, you're, you've, you've broken many laws here in Russia, but like, you know what? We're okay with that. Just go do this other thing for us. Wow. So there were there are several people who kind of talked about that ecosystem. And then the DNC story broke, which is basically like Russian hackers got into DNC database. And, John Podesta, phishing emails. Yeah. And all this different stuff. Did people clam up on you after that? Um, I mean, I think there was, you know, it's hard because it's really hard to verify in this world. And but there were definitely people who were like, I am really and in the episode. Um, in Russia, you'll see a hacker who's like, I can't talk about this. Like, I cannot talk about this. I'm already too deeply in kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did talk to one guy who alleged to have been part of the team that hacked the DNC. Wow. So he and but again, that we couldn't verify. But he basically said and other people corroborated this, that there are like dark corners of the Web where people where hackers buy and sell their wares and their trade mm-hmm. in Russia and that actually the Russian government runs these. Damn. But they're sort of like, so they're like almost like a Nike sweatshops where they say like, oh no, we don't, we don't have sweatshops, but in fact they have a bunch of subsidiaries and contracted companies that actually like manufacture stuff in like yeah. places with horrible labor practices or whatever, whatever. Yeah. So like the government could go onto one of these message boards and say, we want this to happen and you don't need to know that it's the government, but like this hacker basically told us like everyone kind of knows. Hmm. Because no random person would want you to hack like political targets in the United States, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> You're like, all right, that's like, kind of on the nose. Um, but yeah, yeah like, like, the the county, this county in Pennsylvania, okay. Is, um, like, but yeah, it's been like a couple. You know, after spending two years of my life kind of deep diving into this, I've sort of taken a step back, and I haven't really. But I'd love to go back and try to verify what that person said. Right. Um, and it would just it would just be really there's a long tortured chain that would have to happen for us to verify him. But anyway. Yeah. That, I mean like more on the nose tortured, like it's people <laughs> could be killed for, for well, talking he said, to journalists. This guy, the hacker claimed that he, he was uh, afraid for his life and was really a stress, a very stressed out person when we were talking to him. Wow. Um, and you- we represented him as like a animated blob nice. in the actual show. <laughs> <laughs> he's like you can't be putting my face anywhere like, like pic- i'm literally trying to like get the hell out of this country like shadows weren't enough pixels weren't enough <laughs> he's like you no. have to animate the pixels yeah, like, he's like i want to be a pokemon <laughs> <laughs> you should have yeah. been a minion that would have been fun that would have been cute yeah like yeah. you're like oh my god 
So hack, hack and be real. So bad. Hack and be real. Damn. Yeah. Well, so it seems like the Mueller investigation may be wrapping up at like the end of February. It's kind of insane that the whole shutdown is like, oh, so if none of these intelligence agencies are being funded and like the Justice Department is running out of money currently, then you're basically slowing the roll on the corruption charges that are fi- rolling out against you, you know? Um, and yeah, all- it's almost like, it's almost like he was planned. There's a distraction happening. It's <laughs> almost like he's doing it on purpose. Um, Burn it all down. <laughs> <laughs> Burn it all down. Starting with my couch. Um, uh. All right. Well, let's move on to something just way more pleasant. In our targeted character assassination for the week, R. Kelly, uh, who has been the subject of the Lifetime documentary Surviving R. Kelly, which just premiered. Uh, was directed by filmmaker and music critic Dream Hampton. There were interviews with about a dozen or so survivors from his ex-wife to girlfriends, to former business partners, to even someone who worked with him and was also enshrouded in like darkness when they were during the interview. Um, And they all testify through tears to him being a serial predator who who like preyed on teens created had a sex cult essentially uh and was kind of kind of like a i don't know a very creepy creepy boyfriend just like a really creepy boyfriend is like what I pure evil say. just pure evil um like horrible wrenching stories of mental and physical abuse um and like 30 years so i watched the whole six or seven part series um the thing that stuck out to me was like there's how many in this year? Like this is still going on. And like the, the victims are up until and throughout the trial, uh, which I think was like 2009, the trial that he went on for, uh, the, the tape with a 14 year old girl where he peed on her and, and then keeps on going. I think like the most recent victim whose parents are still looking for her, uh, it was like 20, 16 or something just like so so recent so that's the thing to me that's like all these people knew and then the shit keeps on happening and he even victimized a girl who was at his trial every single day as a super fan like defending him and i believe you and da, 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 and then saw him at a concert and then like that's how they connected so that i think to me was the biggest thing um have either of you guys seen the doc uh, I did not watch it. Uh, similarly, similarly to how, uh, well, like growing up in Chicago, mm-hmm. like R. Kelly was never like a thing that people didn't know. So it was just a matter of like somebody should do something about this. And me being like a young ch- like there's nothing that I could do, but it was just a known thing of being like, oh yeah, don't like R. R. Kelly's a creep. We all know this. Keep right. the kids away from R. Kelly. Is right. he from Chicago? Yeah, yeah, he's from okay. Chicago. Uh, and so I didn't watch it because I was like, I don't want to see this because I know what it is. Like, I grew up with these stories. Right. Had you heard stories personally? Yeah. Uh, like, it Like it truly was, like, um, in school, like, when I was in high school, there was, like, fables of being like, oh, yeah, like, R. Kelly does, he drives around in a PT cruiser and he hangs outside of, like, certain schools. Like, it was just something that you knew. Oh, my God. So it's like the Hans- he's like the Hansel and Gretel story he hung for around Chicago. around a PT cruiser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of all things, a PT cruiser. I mean, that's like, the thing like, that I was always like, whoa, where are you? Like, don't you have money? Like, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> why a PT cruiser? Like, and why is she 13? It made it anyway. so much more creepy. Like, you know, oh, like, yeah. This is, like, so much a small, like, wagon. Like, this is a car for small people. Like, yeah. this is too on the nose. Like, PT you have to cruiser, go more like... <laughs> Oh P P pedo cruiser. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> PE cruiser. I'm gonna play. <laughs> Yo, that's funny. PE cruiser. Because they were in PE because they it's, were children. Because they were children. I'm gonna play you two uh, quotes that I love from this documentary. Because what I liked about it is that not only we're talking again, dozens of victims on camera crying and talking about their like experiences, but then also a host of journalists and uh, cultural critics, some of whom uh, have their own, like uh, Touré, who's a journalist who did a very famous interview with R. Kelly, who actually has his own Me Too allegations against him, which is like, mm, maybe he wasn't the 
best person to choose. <laughs> um, but anyway, I found him actually really unsympathetic when he was. Anyway, you should watch it. But I did not like his interview. I did not like his interview. I'm just going to say that. But I'm going to play you two quotes. One of them is from this writer, Jamila Lemieux. Here, let me play it. When someone like R. Kelly gets in trouble, there's this knee-jerk instinct to protect him from the system, from the hand of the law, from all these forces that are at play to make sure that Black people, Black men in particular, don't succeed. We have to stand by him. We have to take care of him. But his crimes were against Black women and girls. And that was devastating for me because at this point, we already knew, but now we know some more. You know, that this Aaliyah thing was not a moment. This wasn't, oh my God, she was just so mature. She was just, I was just spellbound. There was just something about her. It wasn't just those rumors about Kenwood. It's on tape and it's disgusting. And the tape is being distributed in, in barber shops and on porn sites and it's everywhere. And people are still not willing to say, I can't do this with you anymore. All right. Uh, that is crazy because Kenwood is the school that I was going to say earlier. And like, I was like, oh, somebody cool. Yeah. Kenwood is where he would be outside the, with the PT Cruiser. Right. Yeah. Right. So she's saying, and this is sort of a lot of the analysis out of it was that, um, because like this is specifically talking about complicity which i think is the thing that struck me the most and i think even some of the people who are interviewed who are like let's say his former manager you didn't really see a lot of pushback on their testimonies and their stories and and maybe they wouldn't have gone on record had there been but that level of complicity and it's because his victims were young black girls who are are in the crosshairs of a lot of systemic oppression. I want to play this other clip for you guys. So this clip is from Oronike Odele, and she was the founder of the Mute R. Kelly movement, the hashtag that like has now exploded and they've gotten his concerts canceled and all this. So you're going to hear a little bit from a survivor, Jerhonda Pace, and then you're going to hear from Oronike especially the black community. It's the black community that bashes the black women that speak out about abuse. You have this, you know, powerful person that's beloved in the African-American community. And then you have a victim that nobody cares about. Um, and the greater society perpetuates stereotypes about black women that internally you start to believe. We'll believe it if it's a convenient excuse not to have to deal with the reality of R. Kelly um, and how we've been supporting and enabling him for decades. So that that particular piece spoke to me a lot because it was like, I think she's basically talking about how I think the broader society, people who aren't in the black community or um, who aren't black women themselves are like, well, we're just going to wait like we if we can ignore this, like we can ignore this generally and turn a blind eye to it because he's a, essentially a rock star. He's a huge mega fucking star. And um and I prefer not to know, even though people, the rumors were there, even though the stories were there, it's like, it's easier to turn a blind eye um, when it's within the black community. And then I think when it's like specifically affecting young black women. I think she was saying the opposite mm. of saying that this was allowed to happen because people in the African-American community internalized the opinions of the greater society and because, and, uh, because greater society, mainly white people, have stereotyped black women as being um, like fast or like slutty, right. like and and by having those stereotypes already exist, they're able. I think she was saying that in the African American community, it's easier to be like, well, if they already believe that, we can just agree with them, right? To right. then use this to defend our our Kelly instead of. So it's kind of just being like, oh, both ways, we're using kinda. the tools of the oppressor to now oppress our people because within our community, this person has been risen to a certain status where we're like, sure. well, he's a representative of us, which is like a fucked up thing because he's not. But because there aren't many people like of that level, it's just like, yeah, but I do think if the opinions of black women were different societally that would not be allowed to happen because i think if that girl was white that would be a completely different thing because the opinions of white women 
in the greater sense of society is that they need to be protected. The whole idea well, is to yeah. protect white women's like virginity and sanctity exactly. and like. But then you look at like Christine Blasey Ford. Exactly. I mean, I think that you know, like except get, when there's a Supreme Court justice getting, on getting, the line. Getting justice on these issues is incredibly difficult, and if anyone can do it, it's like it, people thought it would be somebody like Christine Blasey Ford because she was white and educated and. Dude, you don't People even know. Are, are supposed we, to care we, about women like, I, that. I, like that only we did because it was against a straight white man on the hierarchy of things. Right. Of course, right. that's when they're like, "Don't use what we've used against us. This is to protect you from other people that are not white." Right. Men. And on the high, like yes, and uh, and on the hierarchy of things, Anita Hill was below Clarence Thomas. Yes. And so, therefore, Clarence Thomas still approved. I mean, but he, if Clarence Thomas did that to, uh. A white woman, yeah, to that a, would right. be a completely different exactly. thing. Exactly, and and I think that's what's so upsetting when people always are like, the oppression of Olympus. I'm like, if we literally had that, it would be so easy to be like, that person's more oppressed than you. Boom. Like, I feel like there yeah. should be like there'd be clear winners. <laughs> yeah, like a clear hierarchy of being like, well, look at this person's life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have some points being like, look, black woman, queer, trans, like yeah. that person's more oppressed than you, woman who's white. Like, just mm-hmm. it's very simple to just be like. Because I feel that way in life, like as a like gay black man, there are people that I'm like, I you get my sympathy because I know your life is harder than mine simply by like being a black gay woman. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just having it be that black and white, I think is very helpful because I think people use the nuance to change it to be like, well, we can use this in, in a way that's like shuts it down instead of shedding more light. Right. Like, if we were just transparent about like, these people have it harder for A, B, and C. I just think it'll be so much easier. Everything goes back to like this general sense of like the hierarchy. Like even people having the argument of like, well, if you do this to R. Kelly, then like you have to do this to like blah, blah. Or like, well, this white man got away with it. Why are we doing this to R. Kelly? It's all a sense of like, we're still not equal. And it's like, well, we want black men to be equal to white men, but they're using that to justify something terrible yep. so it's like if that thing wasn't there this will have to be addressed because there's no other way to rationalize it but because there is this system where it's like black people are treated worse people like black people are then allowed to be like well this isn't fixed so why are you talking about the right. the result of this thing that y'all did Right, right, right. So it's I'm, like, it's such a weird yeah. It is. Thing. It's, yeah. I mean, the thing, I keep on thinking about this doc in terms of if it had come out before the Me Too movement began, because they talk about how R. Kelly's basically been unscathed by the Me Too movement. Like, he hasn't come into conversation. And then I think about if it had come out around the time that the Chappelle joke joke had come out, or, you know, around the time of the, the, the sex tape, non-sex tape being released. I was I think about like if it had come out a while ago that it might have been more sensationalized like it might have been more like what's the line between boyfriend and you know like sex slave you know or like um what is it about the rock star that we love like it would have been couched in something really uh perversely sensational and I was astounded by how this was couched in this is wrong like okay the, you know like, and and i i appreciated yeah, that because i do think if this would have happened before the me too movement i it could have been sensational i think it would have been kind of similar to what it is now i just don't think enough people would care yeah. but i feel like with the me too movement if people do not care they're being faced literally with their like hypocrisy so it was like well if we cared about all the things that led up to this if we don't care about this it's literally letting us know that we do not care about black women. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's making that line of being like, you have to choose right now if you care about black women or if you don't, because right. this is literally the choice. There's no other right. you do or you don't. If you care about Louis C.K., you've got to care about R. Kelly. <laughs> like, oh, right? absolutely. Like, the amount of uproar that, or like the amount of uproar over different people and then R. Kelly having done this over 30 years to, as you said, so many to people. So it's just... many young women. To grooming. I mean, the other thing is that that, that girl in the P-tape, still nowhere, like still, we don't know where she is. Still don't know. That's so Still crazy. don't know where she is. She apparently was, so she was the niece of Sparkle and, um, and she also and Sparkle. Sparkle is a singer who worked very closely with R. Kelly. Okay, and like he helped her career, she helped his. Um, 
anyway, I I wanted to give Asia. Do you have any thoughts you want to weigh in on this discussion? As a black woman uh, from Chicago, am I wrong about that? I mean, <laughs> as a black woman who lived in Chicago, okay, not from right. Yeah, I'm not. I didn't grow up there. Um, I, 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 yeah, I wonder about the timing of the, um, of the documentary as well because I remember a few years ago when the Aaliyah Life was it a Lifetime movie came out, and they really like painted it like a regular romantic relationship. And I remember being like so confused about how it could ever have been interpreted like that because of her age. Like those are facts. Right. But like the way it was written was just like a regular Lifetime movie about uh, like a pop star and her sad ending. And then like that was the romantic storyline in it. Oh, that was her only romance. <laughs> Tell me she. I don't. That's that's what I remember oh, about it. I remember just like I don't think I actually finished it because right. I was kind of like, oh, is this what y'all are doing? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't sign up for this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of I think like was just the moment that I realized. I at least I felt in that moment that like there are some people who just think this is okay. So maybe nothing will ever be done about it. And so now I'm like kind of shocked at this. Like the fact that it's like actually happening and people care, I'm like legitimately surprised. Yeah. Because like you said, it's just, it's happened for so long. And so I just kind of assumed like there are people who think this is wrong and there are people who don't. And those people will always exist in the world. Right. I'll try to surround myself around the people who think this is wrong. But clearly there's a lot of people who think this is okay if a whole movie was able to be made with this as the storyline. <sighs> Yeah, I am well crazy. So <laughs> fucking crazy. I there I want to b- mention a couple other things cuz for me I've been thinking a lot about um like there's a couple of things I want to talk about that are discussed in the doc which one of them is like the dude is a, a walking red flag. Like he is openly talking about that like how he treats women, but he's putting in his songs, you know, he says he's the Pied Piper of R&B. He calls himself that he lit like he drops it at the beginning of the on the Pied Piper of like he'll sing it to you yeah, yeah, yeah. as if like that story's not about luring little children. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. Like, like they, Those were kids. And so they talk about I that. I will take your kids with my music. I will use my music to take your kids from you. Like what? That's the whole storyline. I don't understand how oh, he got away with it. Like I don't get it. And and right. So it's like that. That's one of the things they talk about is hiding in plain sight. And that's sort of how he was able to do this is because it's like, oh, but it's just about his image. It's just about whatevs. So I want to play a song for you that came out about five months ago that he wrote, which uh, back to this hiding in plain sight, um, which I like in to a call PT cruiser <laughs> in a PT cruiser. Just just so conspicuous <laughs> hiding in a PT cruiser, which I like to call. I think it's really the anthem of of every creep who's been touched by the Me Too movement. It's a creep amp- anthem and it's called I Admit. It's a 19-minute song. I don't know if you guys have oh ever God. subjected yourself to this. I mean, I heard about it, but I was like, "Who? I would. How dare I do that to myself? I would never. I admit, I'm not going to make you listen to 19 that minutes a of it. pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are so many dramas I could watch before I listen to this. But I did listen to a good amount of it. And I want to play just a couple of parts of the song. We might cut some of this out. I just found them really funny and ridiculous. Okay, and used to go. go to strip clubs every week. But who these niggas trying to say I am? Man, I'm not, and I put that on chief. I admit I fuck with all the ladies. That's both older and young ladies. But tell me how they call it pedophile because of that shit. That's crazy. You may have your opinions. Not an opinion. Opinions. It's not. A, it's a law. Really, am I supposed to go to jail or lose my career because your opinion? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are you talking about pedophilia is not an opinion. I mean, old ladies. Though, well, like, I where think... are the old ladies that he slept with? Like, <laughs> also, he did. He did sleep with older women. <laughs> oh, really? Shit, I don't know. The I mean, full... younger than he, but <laughs> oh. older than average. I mean, younger women do grow up. With- eventually they grow up eventually right. we're all aging like that's your opinion <laughs> that's this is pedophilia is your opinion <laughs> okay and, um, the fact that he wrote a song and said that i mean like like in, you could just go in I the trial they're just so gonna play much. 19 minutes of this every juror is gonna like there's definitely gonna be one juror that's like i don't know <laughs> 
He's, sometimes you, your opinion is that she's 21. <laughs> last thing I'm going to play for you from this horrid song. I'm no. so sorry. I'm going to torture you no with the one more. last thing. Here we go. I admit it, I admit it. I admit it, I did it. I admit it, I did. I admit it, I did, did it. What's the definition of a cult? What's the definition of a sex slave? <laughs> Go to the dictionary. Oh my God. Let me know I'll be here waiting. Wow. It's like Bill Clinton what with like is the Yeah, I did not have or sexual really or oh, mean, where he defined as sex. Yeah. I have not given much time. Like I have not thought about this. So like I've I've forced myself to not go down these holes because I'm like, it's, there's nothing good at the bottom. Like uh so like this is like my first time like having it like not forced upon me, but just like having me like think about it. <laughs> Seeing your anger. And it's his rhetoric is so similar to Trump's in like a very strange way. And I, it is truly just the, it's like th- the He's true flaunting evil it. of He's like flaunting. this, like, I feel like he is exactly what white su- supremacy creates. Like he's like the spectrum of like, this is the, the power that he's using the oppression of his people the exact same way that that like white supremacist yeah. white people do he's like and the ultimate white yeah, supremacist it's, it is terrible what do you like use what do you mean using the power of his like 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 people, knowing like, like knowing how the thing to say yes like knowing exactly like living the the experience of a black person in this country so knowing knowing exactly the the emotional ways in which this country like ruins you mm. them using and then prying on that within black women because they he knows exactly like what you're going through right. so he knows exactly what to do to be like i am here for you right and then he's taking advantage of that knowing that that is the exact thing that like has historically happened but now he's just doing the exact same thing that white supremacists have done throughout the country like the history of this country but now just to oppress black women with within his own community Damn, and that is dude. like hey it's just it's truly it's, evil i mean it's it's so funny and absurd and that's the thing that i'm trying to like obviously i i think these lyrics are funny and i also think that his song that he sang in ethiopia do uh do you have your passport do you have your shots would you co- like to come back with rob to america uh is the funniest shit i've ever heard however he's trafficking ethiopian women back to become one of his slaves like you mean the lyrics are funny and that like they make you laugh because they make they're, me so laugh because they're so absurdly they're so just yes. crazy because he's and they're singing so what there. he's literally doing and it feels like yeah, it's like a scooby-doo like it. cartoon it's like this is not real yeah and because he's like <laughs> like it's like if somebody's like i'm robbing your house and then they're literally robbing <laughs> yeah. you and, and it's like well i'm singing it to you so you can't be mad and it's, it's like, an r&b no, and i have a beautiful be voice yeah. it's like and little echoes like yeah what is the defense like your honor but it's a really beautiful He's like, song. But this Listen slaps to though, the right? Like, <laughs> fuck out of here. Ugh. I want to end our segment with uh, sex delect overthrow, which is like marry, fuck, kill. Who would we send a text message to that would be of a sexual nature? Who would we um, elect to an office? Doesn't have to be the presidency. And who would we just say no more of? Like overthrow. We obviously, I think, all agree in our, on our Kelly. But I want to go with duos. We just concocted this before we started recording, so thank you both for your input. These are famous duos. Who would you have? Um, this is a little bit like who would you? Maybe elect can be who would you have host uh, the award shows for award season? Um, but duos are James Franco and Anne Hathaway. So essentially, it's a it's a fucking trio if it's a sext. Okay, okay. right, right, gotcha. James Franco and Hathaway, they hosted the Oscars years ago, and uh, it was uneventful. Sandra Oh and Andy (laughs) Samberg, who just hosted the Golden Globes. Mm -hmm. And Chuck and Nancy of the Democratic establishment. Hey, (laughs) Chuck and Nancy show. This is. Okay. Oh, man. Dwayne, you're gonna go yeah. first. All right. Okay, so I originally was going to pick uh, Andy Samberg and Sandra O oh to uh, sext because mm. I really love them, like on a very personal level. But then I also think they're the best people out of these trios, so they should be 
elected because I think that they'd have the people in mind because they uh, I really shout out to Andy Samberg for talking about the Black Panther uh, yes. I was like yeah oh my god I mean like I'm all about transparency about everything so I'm like yeah we should talk about that we should talk about slavery we should talk about everything that we've done terrible every day so people will yeah. never forget that was the longest and most hilarious and honest aside where he just sort of descends into like it was something about the FBI. It was about the the history of the Black Panthers and how the uh, oh off of Black Klansmen. Yeah, like killed them all. Yeah, and then he was like, "Oh no, we'll just uh, we'll just kill them, frame them, and uh, kill them all." And mm-hmm. it was excellent. So yeah, so elect. Did you write them, that joke too? I wish mm. uh, elect them sexed James Franco and Anne Hathaway. Um, what would you sex James Franco and Anne Hathaway? Um, I send them a naked picture of me holding a piece of paper that says make better movies. <laughs> uh, and then um, strategically placed. Yeah. And then Nancy and Chuck got to go. We just got to wipe out. I'm not going to say wipe out all the old people. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm not not going to say wipe out all the I mean, y'all got to take a test to see uh, where y'all at because we just have to move past some cer- certain ways of thinking. Okay. All right. Very fair. Paula? Oh, man. We've been all over the place on this podcast. I, I love it. We've been to Russia. It's been a whirlwind. We've been to... It's been a, it's been a wild ride. We've been to Ethiopia trying now to here we are. holler at women. Uh-huh. Sexting. Uh, okay. Sex elect overthrow. I think I would sext Chuck and Nancy. Ooh. Because I know they wouldn't take me up on anything. <laughs> or I feel like they they would be confused and leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe it would also be funny. Oh, yeah. Like America's mom and dad. I think it would just come back and be like eggplant emoji. But <laughs> like, like exclamation, written, written like out. question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Statue of Liberty. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a sexual one, right? <laughs> what about the sailboat? How come no one uses the sailboat? Yeah, or they'd be like, we don't know how to text. <laughs> um, okay, sext elect. It'd be signed Chuck and Nancy. You know how like mom parents <laughs> yeah. like sign them? Like, love love, love Nancy. dad. Yeah. I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> love Nancy. Um, elect. I think I'm gonna go with Sandra O oh and Andy Sandberg. They're very likable. They are very likable, and I really, I really loved all of Sandra O's oh outfits. In addition mm. to her, oh, they incredible, were incredible. So um, good. She was presence and stuff. beauty. Yeah. Um, and then I guess that's overthrowing James Franco and Anne Hathaway because they kind of did a bad job. And isn't James Franco also in trouble for things? Yeah, and like we have his brother, we don't necessarily. Need him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think either is a good actor. I don't. That's why we don't need both. Yeah, like I. Okay, so I'm gonna. I never do this, Paula. (laughs) But you and I, we go way back, and I agree with you 100. percent You, you, I absolutely do. You, you sex Chuck and Nancy. All right, totally, totally. They are a sad Mork and Mindy. They're like a howdy doody. (laughs) They are. They come up after Trump, and it's like you watch Trump. And his like very low energy xenophobia and his little rant. And they're like, anyone can be better than this. And then Chuck and Nancy get up there and they look like they're actual marionettes. <laughs> and they're saying good shit. And I actually, you know, I, I'm glad Nancy's going to allow for a discussion about, you know, Medicare for all. And I think they're feeling pressure. But just the way they sound, how decrepit they sound. <laughs> Their politics are decrepit. And I'm just like, I need more energy. Then you get AOC going on Maddow <laughs> that same fucking night. And she just straight up, it's like, <laughs> Trump is racist. And like, this is a non-emergency, blah, blah, blah. And she's, she's fired up. Yeah, so straightforward. She's so straightforward <laughs> and so fired up. And Chuck and Nancy are like, just beating around the fucking bush. Look at this guy. You can't take down this fool. Anyway, <laughs> sex so them. Sex them clearly. Uh, <laughs> that's why. So you sex that's them. why you need to give them a very stern. Uh, yeah. What would your sex be? You know, little squirts. The three little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those. Um, I don't want stern a, sext. A stern, <laughs> okay. like um, you better get hard. You gonna fucking get hard <laughs> right now. You get hard for Medicare. Um, what? Sorry. That's not how I, I come at all. When I, somebody asked Nancy, uh, <laughs> they were like, "Hey." Do you think Black Lives Matter? And she was like, "Of course I do, because all lives matter." And that's when I was what? like, "She gotta go. Somebody just like take her out. She, she didn't even get it. She don't get, get she the fuck out of here." She did exactly. She said it exactly as you said it. Because yeah. all lives matter, right? What I what do you mean? 
Was that wrong? I like I was like, see, she gotta go. That was just the <laughs> work. Oh, fucking Nancy! Just when you got a like, just when you had a chance. The answer is yes. She was so earnest. She really thought just she was say a good yes. answer. If you have nothing to say, just say yes. Oh, and then stop talking. Um, Sandra Oh and Andy Samberg, I don't think they had any chemistry at all. I'm just going to be totally frank with you. But I like them individually and together I like them okay side by side. <laughs> Not necessarily the interference of, of language. Um, Sandra Oh, I've never seen her in anything. To be totally honest, we never watched Grey's Anatomy. I need to see Killing Eve. I haven't seen it. Maybe that's your next drama. I think that's my next drama. Yeah. But I know. But I like that she like went swung for the fences uh, when it came to like doing some act outs, and she was funny, and she was being silly. And you don't always see when I mean female hosts, especially who aren't like comics, like being silly on stage. And I like that. And I like Andy Samberg and James Franco and Anne Hathaway. Get the fuck out of here. I fucking hate. I like both of you. You're from, you're both like, like high school drama kids. So was I, but I didn't take myself seriously. Like I, I, like I didn't, they totally, Don't they were that high school kid who drama took kids into seriously. This. I just watched Princess Diaries maybe two weeks ago. <laughs> and? Shit is great. Oh no. <laughs> I was like, this hell's up. But now uh, I remember. But that's because Julie Andrews was in it. Yeah. I mean, Brokeback Mountain, I remember when it was the first time I saw uh, oh, she was Hathaway in like, that. like nude. And I was like, wow, that's brave. Like I was just so young being that's like, brave. <laughs> look at her transcending Disney. And just, so like I like brave yeah. for someone who's so pale. Is I don't like her. <laughs> I don't dislike her. I just think she's like, like regularly oh nice. God. This has been the Bituation Room. Thank you guys so much for being on. Please, what do we need to know about you? Anything to plug? How do we follow your work, Dwayne? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dwayne Perkins. That's D E W A Y N E. Because people spell that name different, so it's D W. And it's not <laughs> D Wayne as I was no, trying to call you. Dwayne it's Perkins. Just Dwayne. And then on Instagram, it's. Dwayne K. Perkins, because somebody took Dwayne Perkins. He's some old man. I think he passed because he would not return my message. <laughs> <laughs> he would not return my death threats. I was like, give me a goddamn name. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, I've been stalking at Francesca on Twitter for a very long time. You fucking flop fashion designer piece of shit. <laughs> oh, poor <laughs> Francesca. Dragon. I don't care. All right. Paula? Um, check out YR Media, formerly Youth Radio. Straight out of Oakland, bringing you fresh news, original music. And um, yeah, that's it. Awesome. And remember to give this podcast five stars on iTunes. Thank you so much for being here and listening. And remember, in 2019, don't just bitch about it. Be about it. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.